You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald with great news to share with our valued 24-7 sports VIP members. As a way of saying thank you, a subscription to a CBS all-access commercial-free plan is now included with your 24-7 sports VIP membership at no additional cost. Watch all of your favorite shows on demand along with exclusive access to GoPowerCat's award-winning and one-of-a-kind coverage of Kansas State sports. Stream more than 10,000 episodes all access originals and live TV, including NFL on CBS games. Enjoy the CBS all access commercial free plan, a $99 and 99 cent annual value for the lifetime of your 24 seven sports VIP membership. It's an incredible added value for our subscribers and it's time you probably take advantage of this deal and become a go Powercat member. And remember to subscribe to the PowerCat Podcast at your favorite podcast provider, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, here is your PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. I don't know how long this sucker's going to be. I get to go to the dentist, Riley. Yikes. Dennis is not very fun. Yeah, a little, uh, I don't want to say emergency, but like short notice. Like, What is it? I think I have an abscess tooth, which means I have an infection and I've got inflammation and pressure is building. And Eesh. luckily my guy Josh Walker can see me on very short notice um, before it gets too bad. I'm falling apart, brother. Man, I'm just falling apart, man. Yeah, eventually you're not going to have any anything left to to sacrifice. I know. Let's set aside the big C for just a second here. I gimp around on a bad knee, which I can't get replaced right now because there's no elective surgery in my near future with what's going on. And uh, I threw my back out in Vegas. What? You know, at the pool, gambling, uh, picking up my wife. No, sleeping. I just went to bed on Saturday night and woke up with my back out of place. Lovely. So it's feeling a little bit better. And now this. I'm just coming apart at the seams. Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, and Zach Carlson in the WTC Gig Pirate Studios. And we're sponsored by The Fridge. If you need something to numb your pain, physical or mental, sounds like I'm promoting alcoholism, get to The Fridge. I feel like it would be in my best interest if I uh, soothed my mouth with alcohol. 
for cleansing purposes. That's one way to number. Sure, it. mouthwash would do it, but why not Jack Daniels? The fridge at the corner of this and that in the town in which we live. And the segment go. is sponsored by Tanner's, which is in Aggieville, which is awesome. I'm overdue for a trip to Tanner's. Tanner's to me is the, like uh, the Las Vegas of Aggieville. Uh, it doesn't have gambling. Um, doesn't have prostitutes, as far as I know. Charlie's kind of easy, but, you know, it's not the same thing. Wow. Uh, yeah. Love you, Charlie. And uh, But it's, you know, for me, it's all the neon. Of course, it's like a Bud Light neon, but get to Tanner's. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's fun, 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 fun. And now your questions from Wabash Station. And I noticed in our hurried uh, preparation, they're very small type. So forgive Zach for misreading every question. It's going to be very confusing. I didn't even get to proofread them. From Salt Hawk Cat, this seemed to be the first game K-State's lack of size and talent really hurt them. Do you think this loss opened Kleiman's eyes a little on what type of kids he needs to be going after in recruiting to truly be competitive in this conference? No, I think he was well aware. Yeah, that's ours. I think I think Baylor did that. If uh, yeah. And if not Baylor, I think even some of the wins did that, you know. Um, he knows. He stated it before. He yeah. knew it when he got on campus. And, not... and really, it, it's a remarkable job covering up the lack of size and, frankly, overall talent, the lack of depth. I mean, they beat Oklahoma. They run rural Kansas, which honestly has some comparable players. And then they go toe-to-toe with the Texas team that might be even more physically talented than Oklahoma. So, I mean, I think it should be very encouraging as they recruit better, bigger, stronger. They might be pretty darn good. From Powercat Ryan, how many freshmen will use one of their redshirt games in the next two weeks? Hmm. Well, I think I think that Coach kind of made it obvious uh, at the press conference on Tuesday that Joe Irvin will definitely be burning his red shirt. Um, and then he said the same for, for Khalid Duke, which I was kind of shocked that he has emerged as a guy that's going to burn his red shirt, I guess. Um, I did not think that at the beginning of the season that he would be one to, to cross the four-game limit, but here we are. Um, honestly, I mean, outside of outside – of, uh, Deneen, outside of Youngblood, you know, Zentner, I don't, or Zentner, I think they'll hold on to. Logan Wilson, they'll definitely hold on to. He hasn't played um, since, since, uh, the the first four games, so he he won't be crossing that line. No, I I don't think anybody noticeable, you know, notable freshmen are going to be burning him other than Joe Irvin and apparently Khalid Duke. Those are probably the only two that you should be keeping an eye on this year. Jax has already burned his, like I said, so not a whole lot of guys to, to really be following right now. From Purple Poncho Villa, do you buy or sell the blitzing is the reason we couldn't run much? I I can I buy it and sell it? <laughs> I buy it because it was Texas. Not everyone can replicate the physicality that Texas is able to promote. I mean, they're big, strong, and fast. One thing we knew you, you have against Texas is those guys are going to be great athletes. And they turned it into a game about that instead of schemes. 
Now, West Virginia probably can't do the same thing with the same level of success. Neither can Tech and neither can Iowa State. So, yeah, it's concerning, but I think it was relative to this contest. I, And I think this goes kind of back to what some people said. Do I think James Gilbert changes that game? Yes. Do I think K-State rushes for more than 51 yards if they have James Gilbert? Yes. Do I think K-State wins that game if James Gilbert's in the game? Probably not. That big a difference. I think I think there were other things in that game that win or lose the game for the Wildcats. Third and 14 being, as I wrote in my postgame grades, that was the big play of the game. Third and 14, K-State rolled the dice with an all-out blitz and Sam Ellinger found an open receiver and he got enough protection to get rid of the ball. And then they go on down and run out the clock and kick the field goal. I, I, maybe he would have made a difference. I think in some ways K-State got away from its run game. I don't have the stats in front of me, but Trotter was not ineffective. He was not used very much. I don't get that. He popped off like 4.6 yards of carry. Does, does it feel to you like they kind of they have one bad experience on a run or a play, and they're like, oh, can't do that again? Yeah, a little bit. Did they ever go back to the Malik Knowles play again? They had the formation one more time. They did. I didn't remember seeing But he didn't play. obviously leak out into the – I think he stayed in and blocked. So Why? Beats me. I'm, I'm a believer. If they didn't cover it the first time, see if they'll cover it the second time. Yeah. And if they do cover it, then what's that leave open? It was so funny because we were all sitting there. We were like, oh, look, Malik's in the backfield. Like, we all picked up on it right away. <laughs> and then everybody was like, oh, Texas didn't know. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, I, all those single-digit guys kind of run together, I guess. From Contra Cat, is two, one reception, one return from Youngblood enough touches for you? No. I don't get it. This is um, this is something I'm going to be really critical of him about. Why did you rant and rave and and praise Josh Youngblood all offseason and then talk about how you need to get some, some more guys in the program, et cetera, et cetera, and then you never throw to him? Or get him the ball. Just, yeah, get it. The You know, they threw it to him out in the flat, and he ran it for about 10 yards early in the game, I think it was, maybe third quarter. But, um, but yeah, just get him the ball. Find ways to get him the ball. Jet sweeps. Put him in the backfield. Put him and Knowles in the backfield together. I mean, it worked against Oklahoma. Literally, he scored. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I I'm not sure Courtney Messingham quite knows how to handle some of these big fast blitzes that he's he's seeing right now, and he'll acclimate. He acclimated last time around. He'll he'll be fine. Well, it was the worst possible formula of things there, where it was a three man front, something K State clearly can't block against this year, and then blitzes against the run, clearly something K State was not ready to stop. It is just like wow, this is the worst possible scenario that we could have right now. And they're still in the game. Yeah. From Purple Powerhouse, it's weird to me how our running game can absolutely dominate some teams and come up empty against others. Is it a simple matter of our talent not stacking up against some teams, or is it that the three-man defensive front has become K-State's kryptonite? It's it's the it's the line for me. I mean, that's that's the common denominator here. The line can't block a three-man front. They just can't. All of the losses have come against a three-man front. And when they go against the four-man, 
they block for 200, sometimes 300 rushing yards. For me, it's the line, but it's mental. It's just yeah. I, they got to go about things a little bit differently, and they're not doing it very well. So I just, I mean, I'm not. We were kind of talking about this with Travis yesterday when he left after doing Fast Five. It's like I don't understand the all of the details of it kind of in the way they do. But what I do understand is that I can't imagine taking one guy off the line suddenly makes you incompetent to block. So I mean, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand how it's how it's so tough for him. It's frustrating to watch. I think they'll be a lot better this weekend against West Virginia, a team that they can get physical with and now has a four-man front. Ironically, they they had the three-man front, and now with the new staff, they've gone four-man. From KSU number one, name the positives from the Texas game. Finally saw Skyler actually have the passing game to a point where it was not just like a an afterthought, you know? They utilized it, and they went at it from the start. Um, and that's what we've been waiting to see. It was it could have been to see, you know, last time he set his career, he set his career high in, in passing yards in the, uh, I think, the Baylor game, maybe? And it was like, okay, yeah, he may have set a career high in passing yards, but it was not a good day passing the ball. He had a good day passing the ball in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was impressive. I mean, Kick return at ten incompletions, and there were a couple blatant drops. You know, I wouldn't say Dalton Schoen was a drop. It was a spectacular throw and possible catch, and a great play by a Texas defender to break it up. You know, there was there's plays out there where he was putting the ball on the money and didn't get done. Nick Leonard's dropped another pass. My goodness, man! At what? Damn many Christmas! You're man. making me look horrible. So. I mean, that just, it was weird in watching the game. It's like everything flipped at halftime. They lost themselves. They weren't as sharp. They weren't as enthusiastic. They didn't tackle as well. They dropped passes. Um, but yeah, I, I see some positives despite the tackling issues at times and Texas being able to run the ball. Like they played without A.J. Parker and they didn't get lit up in the passing game. I, I know the numbers weren't great, but. They weren't throwing it all over the field. They had their only passing touchdown was a damn flea flicker. They had to run a trick play to pass. So yeah, there's there's some positives out there. This simple fact, folks, that this group of players, undermanned, undersized, goes toe to toe with the likes of the talent, the recruiting classes of the Oklahoma and Texases. That is really promising to the future when they get the players in. There must be something on film that I don't, that I personally don't see in Walter Neal's coverage that other teams do. Because why are they not picking on him every play? He's so small. Yeah, I know. He he's better. I I give it to him. He must be better That's than a I. Great than interception. I, I mean, yeah, it was a great play. From T Newman forty one. Why accept the penalty to allow Texas to waste the remaining clock and kick the game winner? What a loser mentality. I see. I'm I'm with you. I I don't think you ever let a team score. I get your point. But what makes you think that K-State offense had shown you anything? They weren't going to kick it off to Youngblood. They weren't. They were going to squib it down there. I bet they would have pooch kicked it. Yeah, they would have just made it really difficult. The offense hadn't shown any sign of life in being able to do that. I almost feel like you had a better chance trying to get the blocked field goal and go to overtime, or maybe there was a mistake on the snap because they had a new holder. I don't believe in letting someone score so you can get the ball back. Okay, if you got three timeouts, 
maybe. He had zero timeouts and 30-some seconds left. Come on. Chris Kleiman even said it on Monday on the teleconference. He's like, we hadn't been moving the ball after the first quarter. It's true. Yeah, I, I, I think if you've got an offense that's really explosive and some timeouts maybe, but no, I mean, the strength is your special teams. Now, if you go back and look at the field goal, they didn't really try that hard to block it. It bothered me. They Ron Prince the hell out of one side of the ball. After what Texas had done to set up that field goal, they weren't faking it. They absolutely, I mean, that was, they could have sold out totally for the block, and they really didn't seem to go after that much. It, that bothered me, but not, not. I understand the math, but it's just to, to sit here and say, here are seven points, Texas. Please have them. We want you to take the lead. We will roll the dice on a very unlikely possibility. We go 70 yards in 24 seconds. Yeah, it's not like you, you needed to drive down and get in field goal range. You needed to score a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. From Purple Poncho Villa, how much of a disappointment has the tight end play been this year in the passing game? Well, it, It's been a little bit of both. Nick Lenners has made some huge plays. Good plays, bad plays. Sammy Wheeler was very impressive before he apparently tore his ACL. Did anyone see this happen? It was a non-contact injury um, at Kansas. I don't remember him being helped from the field. Did he fall I mean, torn in the ACL. shower? I mean, you can walk on torn ACL. You know. Yeah, but I, I know quarterbacks that have played state championships on torn ACLs. But I mean. Uh, it, it's been fine, but the the letdowns have been so big. Mm-hmm. The Nick Lenners drop that I mean, it just can't happen. No, you have to catch the ball. You're, you're open. The ball hits you in the hands. It's annoying. Yes, I think it's clear they need to get a little more athletic at tight end. Now you're in the final phases of the season. I don't know what Connor, Connor Fox, Fox. Is, what his development is, but. I mean, he could technically play the rest. He hasn't played at all, has he? I wouldn't be shocked. No, he has he not played. He could play the rest of the season, including bowl game, and, and maintain his red shirt. I honestly wouldn't be shocked if he got in there because he's a change of pace tight end. He's not as big as, or, you know, he's not he's not Blaze Gammon and Nick Leonard, so maybe yeah. get him in there. Who knows? Last question of the first half from Wagcat. I believe Zentner has now played four games. Do we see him the rest of the season, and why didn't we spare his usage against the Rummies early on? So he's saying he's done if he's going to keep his red shirt. No, he's saying, why didn't we? Sp- oh, why? They why did him, they play him? They used him in the opener, right? Yeah. I don't think they considered red shirting him that game. Then afterwards, I think they regrouped and said, hold on here. Let's maybe we want to red shirt him. So, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to pull up the I'm pretty sure it's four. I think he's right. With I'm that. certain. Yeah, I think he's at four. So I, th- I think if he had to redo it, he wouldn't have played that first game of the season. But he did, so deal with it and to make the best of it. So do we think he's going to play again? No. Only if there's an injury. And then you let McClellan kick? Well, I don't know. No. I, mean, I mean, someone else can do the kickoffs. but Ankle? Yeah, I mean, depends on. I think every team's going to be different where they want to kick off, they want to pooch, or or how they want to handle it. Devin wasn't booming them, is the thing. I mean, no. he kind of was having some struggles there. Nick was. He gets them down there, but he doesn't necessarily put them out every time, I don't think, unless I'm misremembering. 
I don't know. It's it's kind of well, upsetting. no. There's no doubt that Zinner's the best of the group. But yeah. I mean, if they're going to try to preserve their redshirt, he's done playing. I think. I would hope. Unless they want to Ellis Rainsberger him and put him in in a different number and a name, make up a name. I've always wondered if you could get away with that, you know? The answer is no. But. <laughs> Some high school just got in trouble for that. No. Uh, junior college. Junior college? Uh, 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 Fort Scott. Really? They were 6-3. and three. Now they're 0-9. Oh, well, that's, that's sweet. Way to cheat. That's not good, guys. Yeah, Ellis Rainsberger, back in the day, they had freshman games. So he played uh, guys in the freshman games under false names. <laughs> Only K-State could be so bad and get caught cheating. That's how it worked back in the day. That's it. Well, I guess KU's got in trouble for football, and they stink. But I got news for you. This, this KU team would beat that 1988 Cats script team by about five touchdowns. We'll get into it. We'll get into that. The controversial helmet that is making people lose their minds. On the PowerCat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We'll be back. Stay locked in. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We're sitting here in the WTC gig-powered studios doing our thing. And our thing's popular. Our numbers are skyrocketing with the podcast. Now, this week will be interesting with the loss. The numbers typically go down, but I don't think people are all bummed out about the loss like they were with Baylor and Oklahoma State. That kind of seemed like the end of the world. Now they're like, six and three, play West Virginia Tech and Iowa State. Go Cats, in script. I was telling Zach and Fritch, I was like, it's so weird because they lost and it was kind of upsetting. You thought they were going to win, and yet you were kind of like, did they lose? What what really happened today? Saturday was weird. It was a weird day. Well, and I went back, you know, because it's simultaneous to the basketball game I'm covering, so I really didn't get to watch it. I watched some of it, and I went back on Monday night and watched it, and I'm like, this was a weird game. It was just like, hey, K-State's good. Ooh, K-State's bad. But K-State's still in it. K-State lost. You know, it was just kind of a weird game. I don't think Texas is – Texas is so talented. I don't – oh, boo-hoo, you had an injury. 
I mean, K-State's dealing with it, and they have far fewer players on their roster in terms of quality, high recruits. I don't know. You know who else is talented? Uh, the high-low. I was going to say the folks at the high-low. Oh, okay. The folks at the high-low. Yeah. Did you they're, see what they're doing for Christmas? What, are they oh. having a Christmas party? Miracle on Morrow. What? What's that mean? I don't know. An Instagram followed me, and I clicked on it. I was like, this is the high-low. I will they're be like going Christmas-themed, like in November through December. We will go and look at that after a bit. I, I'll be darned. If they need a Santa, I know a fat guy who can you don't drink. Need, you don't need to talk about me like that. Get to the high-low. Can you drink? You were in bed by 10 p.m. in Vegas. Oh, not the first night. <laughs> not the first night. When you go to bed in Vegas it's, and it's 2.30 a.m., you realize, oh, it's 4.30 a.m. at home. Yeah. I I was a champ, and I paid dearly for it. I didn't feel well. Yeesh. I don't recover. But that doesn't mean I can't recover from the miracle on Morrow. Go to the high-low. Go to the fridge and go get your questions from Wabash Station from Zach Carlson. From Lady Cat in Texas, by the look of the OU Iowa State score, will this be a tougher game than we think? Uh, Meaning Iowa State. Uh, No. I mean, I already thought it was going to be a tough game. Yeah. I'm really questioning Oklahoma right now. I think think K-State exposed a lot of Oklahoma's flaws on defense. I do, too. I mean, they, who had they played in the Big 12 before then, you know? I mean, Texas was impressive, but it was also a rivalry game. I mean, you're going to get up more for that. They still haven't played Baylor. They still haven't played Oklahoma State. Does Baylor beat Oklahoma this weekend? No. But the spread was 9.5. Would you still bet Baylor? I was stunned. Oklahoma 9.5? I was stunned. Oklahoma's favored by 9.5. At least it opened that way. Pound Baylor 9.5. I agree. I agree. Plus nine and a half. I don't know, man. I this could be interesting. It's Oklahoma's offense against that Baylor defense. I'm I'm a little interested and in see what takes place. Wow, nine and a half. Yeah, the the the, the spreads this weekend were whacked. I mean, K State's a twelve point favorite over West Virginia. I thought that was a big number. I mean, I know West Virginia's struggling, but they've also had some good games. I think Iowa State's a good football team, getting back to your point. It's going to be a real challenge. But I like that it's in Manhattan, and it doesn't matter. This this game between K-State and Iowa State, particularly since it's parked at the end of the year, it gets wacky. It is Farmageddon. From Exhausted Nihilist, can we see an updated recap on the staff's thoughts about the future of the NFL draft streak? And he says, by the way, the correct answer is it ended with Bryce Brown. Thank you. Thank you. It did. Okay, I'm sorry. I've went on this rant before. I'm not going to do it again. But he didn't He didn't even play out the season. It doesn't count. It's going to be rough. Adam Holtorf is an interesting card for me because he's on the – what is it, Remington? Is Remington the center? I, I don't know. So. He was a semifinalist for one of those awards. And he's been on pro football focus team every week for – or not every week, but like, like three, four weeks this year. I haven't seen that much out of him that I'm like, oh, wow, that's an NFL offensive lineman right there. But I also didn't think Tavon Rooks was an NFL offensive lineman. I also didn't think uh, Randall Evans was an NFL draft pick. But here we are. So I don't have the best eye for NFL talent, apparently. I thought it was going to be Devin Anktel. 
And uh, that has not been good the last few weeks. I just needless to say, Devin Ankle is he's not on the decline of his talent. He's on the decline of what he's been showing on the field. So if you ask me to put a percent on it right now, how confident I feel it'll extend, 40 or lower, honestly, I'd probably put Adam as the most likely at this point. It's not going to be Trey Deshaun, unfortunately. He's not an NFL D tackle. Reggie Walker stinks. Yeah, not good. Yeah. From Chris66204, how impressed are you with the wide receiving core, which when everyone is healthy versus your preseason expectations of that group? I give it to them. They have impressed me at for the majority. I would say they've impressed me about 65 to 70% of the season. I was not impressed with them in the early season. They've come on. Dalton Schoen gets an A-plus from me this year so he's far. He's just been a warrior. He's he's definitely – he has taken it upon himself to make the passing game good more than any player that I see at another position has taken it upon themselves. I mean, and everyone's kind of slipped into roles. Malik Knowles, when he's healthy – well, even when he's not healthy, he's the kind of the go-to big play guy. He proved it again. He keeps getting a little bit more healthy. I'm anxious to see him in the bowl game because he'll probably be fully rested by then. I mean, Josh Youngblood steps up. We'll probably see more of him now that Wyking Gill's out for this week with a cheap shot concussion. I just said on another Shout radio, out Texas. Uh, radio station that I'm a believer that when something is that flagrant, that player should not be able to play until the other player returns. And if you end his season, you ended your own season. I mean, that will stop that. That was – I think the Big 12 should re- review that. That was not a football play. That wasn't like – you accidentally didn't get your helmet alignment right, and you led with the crown in your house. That was the plays over, and you just cold-cocked a guy not looking helmet to helmet. It's dangerous. I mean, you're putting his health on the line there. You really you could have paralyzed him. I'm, and you could tell Chris Kleiman wanted to rant about it today. Yeah, he should. And he restrained himself. He should. So uh, they'll be without Gill. Brooks is a nice, you know, steady player there. I I think we'll see a little more Landry Weber. They kind of are what they are there, but those guys do their very best to get it done. They need more talent at wide receiver. That can be repeated for a number of positions, but I think the guys have acquitted themselves well in the course of the battle. How's that for a Civil War reference? Pretty solid. I know. From DM60, while A.J. Parker is sidelined, does it make sense to try and pressure West Virginia's quarterback? I mean, it always makes sense to pressure the quarterback. That's kind of an obvious one. Yeah. But, yes. I mean, to answer the question, yes. Because I think that they are a good defense. I don't think... It's not like you can just hold back, you know? And I don't think they're going to hold back. I don't think that's even on the table for them right now. Um, I just think... I I really think they might have a a heck of a game here. West Virginia's offensive line is bad. They've been fighting struggles with this offensive line all year. Neil Brown said this week that, you know, the depth chart is open at this point. Like... Guys, West Virginia's in a rough spot. K-State annihilated KU. K-State might beat KU by more than they beat West Virginia by this weekend. But I I bet if you if KU and I in West Virginia played ten times, KU might win six or seven. Oh, KU definitely beats them right now. Yeah. 
I think they're, so. They're just West Virginia's bad. I'm telling you. Yeah, some teams as they go through a season get better and some get worse. West Virginia's getting worse. It's bad. From Contra Cat, what do you suggest countering with when West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Iowa State put nine in the box with a three-man front and bring seven or eight if we want to run the ball consistently? Play action. Yeah. Where the hell was it? I don't know. They got away from what they needed to do. They need to play action a little bit. They needed to throw some screens. They need to. You just got to get the ball away from that. Unless I'm misremembering, they didn't run a single play action in this game. They definitely didn't run one good enough to sell it. Yeah. I, that's that's the common – that's the obvious answer. I don't even have to know football. Look, it's pretty simple. If you want to put nine in the box, I'm going to put three wide, and you got to get out of nine in the box, and now you have no safety help, and I'm going to throw that little bubble screen out there in the flat, and we might run it ten times, and you'll defend it nine. But Play. one of them is going to go to the house. Quick, if there's no safety help. slant. Something, man. Exactly. You can you can just go to the same formation over and over, block a little bit different, and run different things out of it, and really challenge them and lull them into thinking you're doing the same thing over and over. I don't know. We'll see. They're going to see it some more. I think they'll have an answer. But the bigger problem here was Texas was just freaky good. I mean, they just they were getting through. They're just big and powerful. From Oiler Cat 2. So the Script Cats logo has created quite the debate. Fitz, please explain PTSD, Parish Traumatic Stress Disorder. <laughs> I understand alternate uniforms are cool and don't mind them, but would rather see an old Willie logo that's never been on a helmet before over the cats. I'm, I'm 100% with you. I mean, a retro look doesn't literally have to be a throwback helmet. And this isn't a throwback helmet because the original helmet was purple with the white cats. That would have been somehow worse. I I think there's just a real disconnect. I don't think there's enough people in that athletic department with the K-State background to understand what that helmet represents to a lot of people, what that logo represents. It's a cool logo, and, you know, in a, in a vacuum, it's a cool logo. It shouldn't have been a logo brought back. Now, it sells extremely well. But I'm going to be honest. Well, first of all, let me say this. I don't mind it being used. I mean, it's just one game. I think it's overblown. I, you know, I think people are the people that think the Powercats ending. It's just a game. But this wasn't the logo to use. This wasn't the logo to use. K-State football was so bad they almost dropped the program. Not in a general context. After the one season they wore this logo. I understand. Oh, let's prove we can win with this logo. Come on, man. There's too many people of a younger generation just being dismissive of it. Oh, get over it. Oh, yeah, I'll get over the depression, too. I think they really they screwed up here uh, in terms of not respecting an older generation of fans that were there at the start and went through the crappiest time of K-State football you can ever imagine. There's no one in college football that compares. Maybe Rutgers if they keep it up another 15 years. Are you done? No. Okay. So I just wish I agree with them. I think they should have gone with – I personally like the K over the state because that's a brand. K-State, the Power Cat, those are brands. Even the old Willie, the the one that's kind of the fighting Willie-looking guy, would have been cool. A big K on the helmet would have been cool. Cats is so generic. 
I mean, any high school named the Bobcats, Wildcats. What other cats we got there, Zach? That's enough. The Purple Cats. They can be this logo. So I don't know, folks. I I just think it wasn't res- respectful of a, a big chunk of the fan base uh, by picking this logo. Um, it was tone deaf. But at the end of the day, it's really not that big a freaking deal. Just play in the helmet and go win the game. And that's why I think Zach and I are on the page that, yes, look, I'm 23 years old. No, I did not live through Stan Parrish, and I did not live through the worst time in college football history for K-State football. So I can't say that I understand it in the same sense that everybody else that was alive for that understands it. However, I know what happened. I, I've studied it forever. I, I've looked back and watched everything and read everything. I understand what happened. It is a sticker on a helmet. That's what it is. And... If it reminds you of the old times when they were bad, then I understand it. It's a flashback for you, but it doesn't mean what if that you're, persona- you're, you're, you're putting Stan Parrish on a pedestal. It doesn't mean you're putting the late 80s teams up as, as honored. It's just a throwback, and no matter how much you want to pretend like it didn't happen, no matter how much you want to just say that that time's over because of Bill Snyder, it's part of your school history. And so this is what people want. They put the cats on the front of the helmet for the the white helmets against Baylor, and nobody threw a fit about that. Because the black cat was still in the helmet. But people liked the cats. They said, that's cool. We want that on a helmet. And that's what people want. It's cool. It's a change. Well, they didn't do it because of that. This was this Well, no, was but I'm just saying people chosen liked Chosen at the start of the year. I mean, even when they were wearing the... When the coaches in spring had, you know, the Nike with the cats, the cats. on it. Like, people were like, oh, that, that's when it started. It's, yeah, I, mean. I know. It's not unattractive. I mean, it's just it's just tone deaf. And, and no, you don't get it, Riley. You don't. You can say, oh, I know we didn't go through it. You didn't freaking go through it, man. Well, You'd, think about the worst K-State loss of your life, the most humiliating thing, the most like Ron Prince going to Nebraska and just getting run over. Right. That was every week. Yeah, that was every week. You didn't wear purple. You didn't wear a logo. You didn't. You were embarrassed by your alma mater. So yeah, it's cool. To prove that you can win in this logo. Well, don't tell me that, and then turn around and say the logo doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying they shouldn't have picked this logo. They just shouldn't have picked this logo. If they want to sell the merchandise and a younger generation say, hey, it's cool. It's so cool. They were 0-11 that season. You know, that's great. They should have just gone with something else. That's all most people are saying. I don't agree with the crowd. Well, how about the Power Cat? I, I said this earlier. I'd prefer if the Power Cat was always on the helmet and nothing else. But if you're going to do a throwback, pick something else. Not that logo. The man almost destroyed college football at the entire university. They decided at the last second to give Bill Snyder a try, to give one more coach a try. Here we are. Uh, there's nothing there, for, for for older fans. There's nothing great about saying, "Hey, okay, they won in the helmet." It's it's really not the sticker. It's it's like I don't, I don't want to blow it out of proportion, but any kind of symbol you find offensive, it's just a symbol. It's just a hammer and sickle. It's just a it's just a sticker of a middle finger. I, so, I, again, 
It's also not if it, if it's a K-State football team in the helmet, fans. Old and young are going to root for it. At the end of the day, they're going to play the game. This all will go away. I just wish the athletic department had thought about their how this would be. Because it's not just fans. It's probably most of the biggest donors. Now, it's not like they're going to pull back their money, but don't be so tone deaf. I also don't think it's very fair to hold it against people like Zach and I who it's out of our control that we don't fully grasp. Like, I didn't get to live I don't hold it. that against you. Well, no, I hold it against you that you dismiss our feelings about that. That's I what dismiss I dismiss Yeah, you did. You know, it's just a sticker on the helmet. No, it's that sticker. It's that sticker. That's what your generation doesn't seem to get. What it, what it just brings back. They shouldn't have done it. They just shouldn't have done it. They should have gone with something else, and there still would have been the crowd. Oh, you took the power cut off. You're not going to have the power cut again. Why you get rid of the power? That's just the silliest argument. It's it's one game with a different helmet. It just should have been a different, a different, different helmet. Look until. K-State finally, and I'm guessing that, that what you got to see here is K-State is now open to wearing other things than what they've worn the last 30 years. Think about it this way. K-State has worn silver helmet with a power cat, purple jersey or white jersey with silver pants every game for the most part, except the couple camo helmets for the last 30 years. K-State has not had a second anything for 30 years. What was the last thing they could go to? The Cats logo. I'm not saying that that's the right thing they should have done or whatever, but it's something different and it's new. It doesn't matter what it represents or whatever. It's different to most of the fan base. Which is what people have been clamoring. And that, it's exactly what people have wanted. You wanted change. Well, here's the, this is what we got. Now K-State has the time. They have Nike. Nike and K-State can come up with whatever they want to do for the future. But for right now, it's the 150 years. Just do it. It's fine. Next. From that was fun. Wildcat Pilot 88, who comes up with these alternate helmet designs? Is it the players and coaches, or is it a marketing group within KC Athletics? Will we see another version after Cats this year? Do we have a white or purple face mask? Chris Kleiman got the, I don't know if he got the final say. I don't know. He had either. some sort of say in it. I mean, they they wouldn't they wouldn't be putting this out there if the head coach didn't think it was okay. You know, I mean, it's the least of his concerns on Saturday, but he also doesn't want them out there in something he doesn't like. He I feel gets like to say in that. people went up to him and said, "Hey, Bill didn't let us wear anything else. Are you cool with us trying some different things?" And he's probably like, "Yeah, yeah, right." I'm just whatever. saying they probably said, "Hey, how does this look? Do you like this?" And he probably said, "Yeah, that looks good to me." Didn't I'm not saying he was involved in the the pro, the planning of no, it. No, they yeah. they probably just went through their old marks that they already had trademark on. Yeah, I mean that's yeah probably the last mark that they had a trademark on. That the only other mark probably trademarked because the wildcat that was you know kind of the line drawing that was on the basketball court yeah. and on the football helmet that was that's clip art people that's. I mean, that was not well, K-State. Well, it's funny. When we were looking at the gear Riley bought yesterday, there's no trademark on the cats anywhere, just on the power cats. It's, it's interesting. Cats. Well, and I wondered about that because I think it's just a type font. I don't know if you can just put something in a commercially available type font and trademark it. You know, 
without altering it in some way. If I can just do it on my computer with I, by typing words, I don't know that. If you have the license, yeah, you I could. But, but they messed up. I don't know. It was. I think it was just laying around. Let's try this. This is kind of cool. Not having any clue what they were doing. Got to get more K-Staters in there. Well, well we just right. had stuff off the table. Uh, from C. Putnam 1, new to the podcast. Welcome. Uh, they live in Arkansas, and there's been a lot of talk about Arkansas having climbing on their coaching hot board. Do you all think that is a possibility? He might end up being a target if he wins nine games this year. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if if someone you know puts him in the, in the serious discussion. I feel very confident in saying that even if Arkansas makes a run at Chris Kleiman, I don't think he'll leave. He's not going anywhere. Number one, um, I, I don't think that Gene Taylor will let it happen. You know, I think if he went to him and said, Gene, I've got this offer from Arkansas. They're going to pay me X dollars. I think I'm going to take it. If they're only paying them X's, <laughs> don't take the job, coach. Get millions. Gene Taylor would do whatever was financially necessary to make sure Chris Kleiman stayed here. But number two, and maybe this is just me trying to be too uh you know quote unquote loyal guy whatever i don't think chris Kleiman would screw over the school that gave him the chance to coach at this level after one year i i don't know if this is his end goal to coach at k-state until he's done but i don't think he's out here to bob huggins this time i, I hate to be the bearer of bad news for arkansas fans your job isn't that good anymore I, you got a lot of tradition. You're original. I mean, you go back, not original. You go way back in the SEC before they started adding even more schools. You know, your best days were in the Southwest Conference. You're not that cool anymore. You could be. Excuse me. You could be, but it's not in that division. Brother, that's an uphill battle. Nobody needs to be rebuilding in the SEC West and expect anything immediate. Who's going to touch that job? Not good. Maybe Scott Frost. I I think he might show up on some hot boards. He was on one hot board, but it wasn't like a a uh, good quality one. It was a weird website. It was a might be getting fired hot seat and board. And the site was like, K-State fans surely don't appreciate this hire. And I'm like, no, they didn't appreciate it in December. They definitely appreciate it now. Come on, man. Last question of the podcast from KNED. Assuming the bubble is the same as it's been and assuming that the Cats will be on it, how much conference record pressure does a true road non-con relieve? Does 9-9 nine and nine get it done now? In fairness, I did not watch any of the game. You know, obviously we were a little busy with uh, with what we were doing in, in football, but uh, UNLV is 152 in Ken Palm right now, which... It isn't horrible, but there's 353 teams uh, in college basketball, so it's not like they're necessarily at at the top. Um, look, UNLV's not not exactly the the top of the mark when it comes to road games, road non-conference games. I, it's not Marquette like they had last year. UNLV's probably not going to go to the NCAA tournament. There's a reason that they hired T.J. Olsenberger from South Dakota State. So I think it was a nice win. I think they're off to a nice 2-0 start with wins over a couple quality opponents. Um, but nobody's going to look on the selection committee if K-State goes 9-9 or 8-10 this year and go, oh, well, they won at UNLV. Oh, they beat North Dakota State to start the year. Those aren't going to be the signature wins. So... 
they're going to need, in my opinion, to get off the bubble at nine and nine or eight and ten. They're going to need to get the bigger wins um, in in non conference play. You know the the game against Marquette is going to be crucial. Um, going into New York and beating Mississippi State, that's going to be crucial. That's a weird sentence to say. Going into New York and beating Mississippi State, but. Now, I, I think it'll be nice. You're doing what they want. Um, we'll see what happens. When the, the, let's look for the net rankings whenever they come out because uh, that's going to be kind of a real indication of, of where they're sitting um, in terms of, of those road games and, and how quality their resume is. Well, that will do it for this week's PowerCat Questions Podcast. We appreciate Fridge Wholesale Liquor and our segment sponsors, Tanners and the High Low. We'll be back next week with another edition. Of course, we've got the post-game podcast that'll get cooking and be up on the site for Thursday. For Out of Gates, Zach Carlson, I'm Fitz. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Power Cat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.